0: As a new Christian in 1975, I attended a small church in Dallas, Texas called Believer's Chapel. The pastors were professors from Dallas Theological Seminary. My best friend and her husband went to that church, and if you'll stop and think about it, why do we go to a certain church? Usually a relative goes there, or... We follow our, a friend to that church. After I was born again, my best friend said, Joni, you've got to go to church. And I said, I do? She said, yes. So I went to the church she went to. The pastor was teaching a series of seminars at the time I started going to that church on the subject of tongues. I'm quite sure I had never heard of a tongue. He was teaching that tongues are of the devil. But one day I was reading in the Bible and I saw a scripture where Paul said, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. I was shocked that that was in the Bible. To me, The Bible was the rule book for the church. I don't know how I knew that. But I did. If your church is teaching something and the Bible says just exactly the opposite, don't you have to make a choice between going to that church or staying with the Bible? That scripture is in 1 Corinthians 14 that I read that day. It's in verse 39. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. That's verse 38, 39. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy, and forbid not to speak with tongues. And Paul told them exactly how to keep order in the church where tongues was concerned, but they were permitted to present a tongue by two or three, but they must have interpretation of the tongue in order for it to be proper to have it presented to the church. This was not even close to the doctrine that this professor from Dallas Seminary was teaching at the church that I attended. When I read this doctrine, I showed it to my best friend who went to that church. And I said, hey Donna, look at this scripture. Paul said, forbid not to speak with tongues. She said, where is that? And I told her and she looked at it. We were in her car at that moment. She stopped the car, pulled it off the side of the road. I had a little Bible I carried in my purse and she looked at it in the little Bible that I had, which happened to be King James Version. We went back to her house after that, and she had a whole bunch of translations of the Bible. And she said, well, let's look at that in each translation. And every translation said, forbid not to speak with tongues. Don't forbid this in the church. And here we were having entire seminars saying that tongues were of the devil. I told Donna, I said, well, I'm not going back to that church anymore. And Donna said, well, I'm not either. See, people, how it's so simple. Which one are you going to choose, the Bible or the doctrine of the men of the church that they've set up in the church? Which are you going to choose? Well, for me, it was so simple. I wasn't going to go to a church that taught things opposite to the Bible. Years later, I learned that that's Antichrist, opposite to Christ, when that happens. At the judgment seat of Christ, we are all going to be judged by what we do in our bodies here on this earth whether it be good or bad. If our doctrine does not line up with the word of God, with scripture, there's no way you can say Jesus is Lord unless you're following him and he is the word. Everything has to line up with the word. It is important for you to understand, for me to understand We have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, says Paul. I believe that's in Philippians 2. Therefore, we are responsible for that which we follow while we live on this earth. And at the judgment seat of Christ, we are going to be judged according to how we line up with what the Bible says. I've actually had people say things to me. I had one woman who said she was a messianic Jew. We told her it would be adultery should she marry, remarry after divorce. And she said, Oh, I don't, we don't go by the Bible. We have our own doctrine. I just screamed, She has her own doctrine. There is no doctrine but the Bible. How is it that we don't know that? How can anyone who's a Christian fail to know this? We have to conform ourselves to the doctrine presented in the New Testament Bible. Now there are many promises of God in the Old Testament that are valid for today. But we especially have to conform ourselves to the scriptures in the New Testament and if the church we're attending is teaching something opposite to that scripture how can you go there and be justified you can't one day recently I was uh, waiting in the car for Pam Padgett a member of the body of Christ I live at her house I had gone with her to Costco and she'd gone in to pick up some things I was in the car waiting. I was reading various scriptures that I had copied and put there in the car. One of them was Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. And God just opened my eyes to see this. The heritage of the servants of the Lord, their righteousness is of God because they follow God. That's what causes them to be righteous. They follow the instruction given by God. Therefore, their righteousness is of God. So I just stopped and considered, The things God has told me to do through the years. Each of us really should do that. Because that is what we follow. That word God has given us. That's what we follow. It can be a scripture. Or it can be a concept. On January the 10th, 1980, I was asleep in the night I was awakened by a very loud trumpet-like voice speaking three words into my ear. Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I jumped out of bed and wrote KWJS on the notepad by my bed because I felt sure it was call letters to either radio or television. I did not want to get it mixed up. I found out the next day that it was a radio station. I said to God, Are you showing me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. A very gentle thought came to my mind. Call the radio station manager. That was the Holy Spirit answering the question, I wouldn't know how to do that. So that morning, I called the radio station, asked to speak to the manager. I said to him, God might be showing me to go on radio. How would you do that? And he said, make an audition tape 29 and a half minutes long. Send it to me. If you fit our broadcasting, we will offer you a contract. As soon as I got off the phone, I got my tape recorder, my microphone, a kitchen timer, set the timer for 29 and a half minutes and recorded a broadcast. Mailed it that same morning to the radio station manager. I don't like to wait when I've heard a word that I believe to be from God because the devil will try to come in and persuade you you didn't really hear from God. Or the devil will try to get you to postpone doing that which you heard from God. I don't like to open the door to unnecessary temptations. So I act very quickly when I am persuaded I have an instruction from God. So so I re- sent the um, audition tape to the radio station manager the same morning that I recorded the tape, which was the night after I heard the word Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. Within five days, I was broadcasting exhortations for the church on radio station KWJS. It is not a matter that I tell you that I went on radio. I tell you that I heard a voice in the night speak to me and was persuaded it was God telling me to do this. Therefore, my righteousness in this is of God, not of myself. So many people want to do things. I even had a woman come to me at church once and say, I want to do what you are doing. And I said to her, you do? It just seemed unbelievable to me that anyone wanted to go on radio. And do what I was doing. I did it because I heard to do it. And was persuaded it was God speaking to me. We must be certain that we're following God. In scripture as well as in concepts. Matthew chapter 7. Start at verse 21. Jesus says. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, i never knew you depart from me ye that work iniquity in other words god didn't author this work it was of their own thinking i have had so many men contact me by email from around the world and tell me they are ministers and they are building Homes for old folks, or they're building school for the orphans, or they're housing orphans. One of them said he was going to give a Bible to every person who attended his meetings. And then he followed it by asking me to send him money to pay for the Bibles. I know those things aren't authored by God when they come telling me that. When I say to someone, how did God show you to do this? How did you know to do this? I expect to have an answer from that person. There was a young couple at the church I attended in Dallas who decided that they were supposed to go to Israel and minister to the Israeli people in Israel. They quit their secular jobs and went to Israel. Within a week, they were back at the church. And we were all shocked. And I heard somebody ask them, well, what happened? They said, well, it was impossible to minister in Israel. We didn't know the language. This is an example of devils authoring a work which seems like a work of God. And that person certainly wants to do the work of God, but it's plain foolishness. These people don't know how to follow God. They don't know the wisdom that's from God. James 3.17 The wisdom that is from above is pure, peaceable. How can it be peaceable to quit your secular job and go off to Israel to minister? This is some kind of glorified ego that the devil is working through that person. Pure, peaceable, easy to be entreated. One of the main ways that I know whether an idea is from God or not is is it easy to be entreated, easy to be done. It has to be relatively easy if it's terribly expensive or terribly complex. I have a very strong suspicion that I have not received the plan that is from God. I've always found that God's way is easy to be entreated. James 3.17 There are people that are very starry-eyed in churches and they want to do something for God. The thing that we're supposed to do is believe the word of God, when we've heard it. Believe the scriptures when we've heard it. It's not a matter that we sit down and say, I believe I'll visit the sick. Or they may put a sign up at the church building where you are going to church and say, sign up to visit the sick. That's going to be an evil work unless you have heard from the spirit of God to do that work. Jesus said many would come in his name, and they would say, Haven't I done these wonderful works? I did this, I did that. And then will I profess unto them, says Jesus. I never knew you. Apart from me, ye that work iniquity. Matthew 7, 23. Then in 24, verse 24, Jesus says, Therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Do you not know that the devil can bring thoughts to your mind? Your own flesh can conjure thoughts. And God gives us thoughts by his spirit. We have to know which source is behind the thought? I recommend strongly that if you have a thought that you think is from God, an instruction which you think is from God, that you look at James three seventeen, concerning the characteristics of the wisdom that is from above. And certainly pray, asking God to confirm to you that that idea is from him, especially when it seems difficult to do it. I have never had God tell me to do something that was that difficult or complex. God's yoke is easy. His burden is light. Matthew 11 We build our house upon a rock. Every time we have a word brought to us by the Holy Spirit or we have a scripture that God calls to our attention and we meditate in that word day and night to give us the power to do that word and every time we follow the word of God we build our house on a solid rock but you have to try the spirits to be sure it's God speaking to you because the devil will try to imitate God and get you to do some incredible work for God whenever possible and your own ego falls into the trap you want to do the impossible especially for God This is a trap of the flesh and the devil that you must not yield to. When you really hear from God and you follow God, your righteousness is of God because he authored it. So when we are not sure who is authoring the work, we simply pray and ask God, to show us if that word was really from him. Don't we have faith that God, who created the heavens and earth, is able to communicate with us? Certainly we should. Don't think that you're going to go out and do a great work from God if you don't have faith that God can somehow reach you to let you know whether or not that word you have heard is from God when you have a question about the word. There was a time I was just getting and still do get so many invitations to go to the Philippines or to go to some Africa or some place on the other side of the world at my own expense to help ministers Well, certainly I would like to help ministers. But one thing I know is, if possible, the devil will destroy you. One time I had an invitation like that, and I really would have liked to have done it. But I knew there was a great danger that it was a trap. So I asked God to give me something really solid to show me To keep me at home. For I was pretty sure God had shown me to stay at home and just write the blog. The podcasts weren't available at that time. But to write the blog. I was pretty sure that was my assignment. But I asked him to confirm it. I asked him to give me something so solid that I couldn't deny that I was to stay at home and do what I thought I was supposed to do, and that is just write the blog, not travel all over the world. I had two words given to me immediately by the Holy Spirit. The cat. And I thought, oh yeah, the cat. I had a cat that had to be taken care of. That's pretty solid and pretty realistic. I was expecting a loftier word. But I laughed because it was obvious that that was confirming exactly what I was supposed to do. You have to be careful. Deception will be rampant toward the end times. And we are definitely toward the end times because Antichrist comes into the churches. The apostasy comes into the churches before Jesus Christ returns. We read that in a Second. Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 3 and 4 read it in both the King James version and the NASB if you have that version also the apostasy Jesus will not return until first the apostasy comes into the churches that's the NASB the King James calls it the falling away churches will fall away from scripture and set up other doctrine we see it everywhere so we are in the last days in the time that's left what we need to do is pray over every that is happening in our lives pray that's a very important thing you pray not Get everybody else to pray with you. You pray. One person. One person. You can pray. I pray. I don't have to have a thousand people pray. And is a thousand enough? Why not a thousand and one? Why don't we have to have two thousand? No, you pray. You pray where you are right now. If you're troubled about something, you pray. Philippians 4, chapter 6. Be careful for nothing but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. What do you want God to do for you in this situation? Pray right where you are. You don't even have to pray aloud. It's your heart connecting with God. That connection with God is also one of the critical things that makes us worthy to escape the great tribulation which is coming upon this earth. It's that connection with God through prayer. This is Joan Boney speaking. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.